0: Let us pray. Lord, as we join together to worship you this morning, we thank you that although our experiences of the past week may be very different for some of us good, for some difficult and challenging, maybe a mixture of both, your love for us and your mercies never cease. Thank you for the uh, coffee and conversation we've already enjoyed this morning. And now we ask you to reveal something to every one of us here this morning that will draw us closer to you and to each other, and that will help us to serve you and each other better. Amen. Amen. Uh, Let's start with some uh, notices. In fact, before that, if you're new to our church, and I don't think I can see any visitors here this morning, but... um, Uh, in case I've missed someone you are very welcome Um, a reminder that our next church meeting takes place on the uh, 15th of July uh, after the morning service an agenda is already available and uh, if you'd like a copy it's on the table in the entrance hall Um, will, will there be a bring and share lunch? does anyone know the answer to that? well I guess we'll hear about that Next week, um, if if Ros is back, and uh, a look ahead also to next Saturday morning, as it'll be the first Saturday in the month, we'll be holding our monthly prayer meeting at 10 uh, 10 in the morning. That is in the hall at the back of the room, and please do join us if you uh, possibly can. Over the past few weeks, as you know, our Sunday morning services. I've been looking at the question, what's the church for? And each week we've looked at a different aspect of church life. The reading that inspired this is from the second chapter of the Book of Acts, which, uh, of course, is the history of the very early days of the church. Uh, In Forsyth introduced us to the series talking about fellowship. We've also considered how being part of the church helps us with our discipleship learning better how to follow Jesus. And last week, Martin Dunford uh, spoke to us about worship. Next week, Richard Rowe takes evangelism as his theme. Uh, But for this morning, Ian Forsyth has asked me to talk about ministry, how we can serve as individuals and as a church. You'll see from the Bible quotation in this morning's notice sheet that right at the very earliest days, Service to others was seen as an essential part of church activity. As Luke puts it in that quote on your notice sheet, if you've uh, had a look at it, um, Acts chapter 2, they gave to anyone as he had need. Ian has asked me to be sure to deal with more than the financial implications of that part of the church's mission. So for our reading this morning, I selected... Uh, A very famous part of uh, Paul's letter to the early church in Rome. Uh, It's from Romans chapter 12 and this is what he writes. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members don't all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully well before i say more let's sing again and we'll also take up our weekly collection which of course uh, supports the education of children and young people around uh, the world thank you for the opportunity we've had to serve you by sharing what we have with others bless the money we've given this morning as it's used to feed and educate children and young people in other parts of the world Amen Amen. I think most of us here this morning have been connected with Milford Baptist for some time some of us a very long time Uh, so We're very fortunate in being surrounded by our fellow church members who are themselves living examples of what service means in the context of church life. Now, I realise it's potentially very dangerous to start naming names because it's certain that there will be people who render great service and are a vital part of our church ministry who I won't be mentioning in the next few minutes. Otherwise, I'd be listing names for the next half hour, at least. But I know, or at least hope, you're full of the Christian virtue of forgiveness. So I'm going to run the risk anyway. And uh, let me uh, start by thanking Chris and June and Joe for the coffee we had this morning while we were meeting and talking together as you know, Brian and Ros have provided this service to us all, tea and coffee on Sunday mornings. It, it's not all they do, but they've done it literally for decades. I started coming to this church in the late 1980s, and I know they've provided the Sunday morning catering uh, ever since then, and my guess is that they've probably been serving us in that way since our church fellowship started in 1981. Then, of course, there's Dave Coombs. Now, he he may sometimes, but I can only remember once when he ever got the key wrong. (laughs) Uh, There's Mary Fuller on our music team as well. There's the multi-talented Martin Dunford sitting over there. Pianist this week, preaching last week, and that's just the start of it because he's also a member of our church leadership team as is nick morgan no nick isn't here this morning but uh, his professional skill is in finance and he's been our treasurer for many years where would our work with young people be if it were not for becky papworth or Philip rowe both use their professional training and workday experience in education as part of their service to the church here in Milford. Uh, Which of course reminds me of the wonderful work that Tina van Tricht does and has done with mothers and toddlers over so very many years. Not forgetting of course visit to the Mechanics for Africa College in Ndola uh, a few years back uh, to help students prepare with the English they need to use in their city and guilds examinations. Then there's June Withers. Now, June has served here by, I think, cuddling every single baby. (laughs) I've got to say, even the ugly ones (laughs) that that have arrived uh, on Sunday morning for the past three decades and more. Uh, Not forgetting, of course, her work with the Friendship Club uh, for the elderly and meal preparation, which reminds me of Val Stanton and her involvement in Friendship Club and work with the children and the work she did with young people in past years along with Ed who helped with that and he was our church secretary for years and has been involved in Mechanics for Africa. John Withers sitting at the back there of course the founder pastor of this fellowship who keeps us on the right track even now. For more recent members who've immediately got involved in ministry and service. There's David and Rosemary Ingram, who created, just outside the church, those wonderful flower displays where there aren't even flower beds. Uh, And David has been championing MFA in the Milford Probus Club. There's Fred Wills and the pastoral work he does, along with Linda Muirhead, thank you, Joe Takuni and uh, Liz Pollard. Uh, Quite apart from that work that Liz does. You sort of feel that Liz ought to be in line for sainthood when you (laughs) consider the amazing commitment of her husband Brian who gives more than a full week's work to so many aspects of our church life. And that's not just every week, that's every day. Um, And there's the active and continuous prayer support of David and June Focus. But these and many other acts of service and mission aren't just confined to Milford and our own church. They spread out from there. Sandy Muirhead is having a transforming influence on the Premier Media Group. Charlie and Sharon Watt did a wonderful thing for the people of Zambia, but also for us as well when they set up Mechanics for Africa, which reminds me, of course, of the involvement of John Kelland in that, Sarah Counter, Richard Rowe's as trustees, and the financial support from so very many of you. And so the list goes on and on. And then there's the example of those who have gone before. I think it's in his letter to the hebrews that paul lists his heroes of faith from the old testament he talks about enoch noah abraham sarah rahab and others here at milford baptist church we have our own heroes of faith do you remember bob black who looked after so many of the practical aspects of the church when we first started and was so very involved in redeveloping this building. We must never forget Elsie Warner. In her will, Elsie donated a share of her house to Milford Baptist Church, and that made a vital contribution to the cost of a youth worker over a number of years remember the friendship and wisdom of dear Ivy Welland, Amanda Bentley with a sparkling wit and bright intelligence who contributed to so many areas of church life. Amanda also spent Saturday nights in Guildford working as a street angel. Ken Murfit who died so recently, a founding elder of the church, treasurer for many years an enthusiastic supporter of Mechanics for Africa. Uh, I guess Ken must have been in his 70s when he set off as the oldest member of a team from here led by Peter Counter to help physically build the first classrooms of that Mechanics for Africa college in Zambia. I could go on and on and you will now understand why I am in some doubt as to what purpose can possibly be served by me preaching a sermon on mission and service here in Milford Baptist Church this morning. It is uh, thorough proof that we have here uh, at Milford Baptist that we here at Milford Baptist are doing exactly what the church is for. And, The best I can make of this morning's talk is to encourage everyone in what they're already doing and perhaps to make a few pretty obvious points about uh, the service we offer. The, The first is quite simply this. As our scripture reading points out, we each have differing skills and abilities. We are created that way. In the Christian church, there is no hierarchy of importance. If you are working on the cleaning team, pushing the vacuum vacuum cleaner, you are doing just as valuable a job as Nick does when he's balancing the books. Uh, Nick does both, by the way. Um, Or Ian when he's preaching. Uh, Which reminds me, Diane Forsyth will be joining the uh, church cleaning team and uh, do have a word with me if you would also like to uh, serve In this way. Uh, The value of our service, of course, is twofold. It's good for the people we serve and for our fellowship, but it is good for us as well. You see, in serving, we are doing what God created us for. In the society around us these days, we hear a great deal about mindfulness and I do wonder if we shouldn't become champions of thoughtfulness, that habit of mind that always thinks about how we can bless and enrich the lives of our neighbours. As you know, I'm uh, chair of our Mechanics for Africa College in Zambia, and um, it's sometimes a great challenge for me and the other trustees to get our heads round the Zambian culture, because, of course, the two leaders from the UK are only two of 22 staff who are serving there. And um, I, on my appointment, I had an early meeting with a, a Zambian from Andola, who now lives in the UK, and he became the principal of All Nations Christian College, His name is Joe Copaglio, and I asked him for advice when I took up the role of chair. And one of the things he was keen to point out is the difference in the basic assumptions and motivations of Zambians compared with us. Um, We, of course, have been brought up in the individualistic traditions of Western Western thought. For Zambians, the foundational loyalty is to a tribe and extended family he described to me their philosophy of life is we are, therefore I am. On the other hand, our Western libertarian tradition, uh, which has developed over the past few hundred years now, uh, promoted by Western thinkers such as John Locke and John Stuart Mill, is rooted in the basic idea that people, as John Locke put it, should be able to order their actions and dispose of their possessions and persons as they think fit without asking leave or depending on the will of any other man. Uh, Mill extended this idea uh, in, in saying that freedom from all kinds of social restriction is essential for a healthy society and that individuals should be free to do as they choose as long as they don't harm other people and do not impinge on the rights of others to exercise their own freedom within their own personal space. In his words, we should exercise liberty of tastes and pursuits, doing as we like, without impediment from our fellow creatures, so long as what we do does not harm them. And this notion, I think, is virtually universal this Every everyone of us here this morning i think will recognize this in the world we the world that we live in and will feel its force and there are parts that have much to commend it christians though see human beings differently christian theology sees human beings Not so much as isolated individuals who might or might not choose to develop relationships with others. Instead, first and foremost, we are people in a relationship, in a relationship with God. And between ourselves, we are brothers and sisters, children and parents, aunts, uncles, neighbors, friends, before we are individuals. Our individuality is, in fact... Shaped by the unique set of relationships in which each one of us finds ourselves. It's why loneliness and isolation is so very, very harmful. I recently uh, attended a lecture by the Bishop of Kensington, uh, Graham Tomlin, who was reflecting on the impact of the Grenfell Tower fire in his own community. And he said this When Jesus was asked the question, what is the greatest commandment or to put it in more everyday language what's the purpose of human life he replied like this love the lord love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself the purpose of human life So Graham Tomlin is not to follow your dreams, to discover yourself or to be yourself. It's to turn outwards from yourself. Uh, In relationship to God, to your neighbor, it's what human beings are made to do. And freedom in our Christian understanding is not so much freedom to choose freedom from the annoying attentions of other people, that leaves us free to pursue our own dreams. But freedom from anything that holds us back from being what we were created to be. Creatures capable of love for God our creator and for our neighbours. However different or annoying they sometimes are. So this is the Radical, counterintuitive vision of social relations where, as St. Paul puts it, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. As the Anglican Prayer Book puts it, in God's service is perfect freedom. And in talking with you this morning, I only... uh, need to look round at you to realize that you get all of that Uh, as our bible reading points out we have different spiritual gifts and it's important that we identify them and exercise them Uh, we also have different natural gifts the different temperaments and abilities that we were born with I honestly believe that it's easier for some people to recognise their gifts than it is for others. For example, if you're a teacher and enjoy teaching and become good at it, it's easy enough to identify the area of service in which you're likely to excel. Of course, you're not restricted to one gift, and you may be a teacher who's good at a load of other things as well. But... The chances are, if you're like most teachers that I know, you're not going to have much of a problem in being a self-starter and getting on with and doing those other things, as well as exercising your talent in teaching. But it's not like that for everyone. We either don't have the natural insight or maybe the confidence or the self-knowledge to identify the area in which we should serve. What's to be done about that? Because we do want to make sure that everyone who's a member of Milford Baptist Church has a part to play. Well, I I think there are probably two things. One is for the church leadership team to make sure that they know about the experience, the training and the talents of church members and to offer ways in which uh, every single member may be able to serve. You know the saying, if you want something done, ask a busy person. But some people may not be busy because they need encouragement and actually they might welcome being asked. And by the way, if you're asked to help, think of all the reasons you can to say yes. Of course, if you really feel it's not for you, don't be embarrassed about saying no. But if in doubt say yes because that's exactly how we can discover ways of serving that we never ever thought about before and as Christians we discover that service equals satisfaction then there's the other approach if you have an idea for something go to a membership uh, a member of the leadership team and offer to do it don't wait Thinking some talent of which you 're completely unaware might spontaneously leap out and surprise you and the rest of us, have a look round, see what might need doing volunteer to do it, and remember i can 't stress this enough in the Christian community all areas of service are equally important. Try a variety of things, and the chances you will end up discovering something you 're really good at and might even enjoy and that of course is best of all. Some areas of service are so obvious like giving an elderly member a lift if they can't drive that you just do it but if something new and different that you're unsure about uh, comes to you then share the idea with a member of the leadership team. Offer to do it and of course, the golden rule for our leaders is for them to keep the enthusiasm high. The default position should be to say yes, to say yes right away. The spiritual maturity that we aspire to is demonstrated more by our behavior than our beliefs. A few weeks ago, we considered the importance of fellowship, and in Hebrews 10, Paul links fellowship and service when he reiterates the thought we come across again and again in the new testament when he says let us spur one another towards love and good deeds and he gives the church in ephesus this advice your heart is now full of the light from the lord and your behavior should show it so an opportunity now for as to individually re- reflect, we- we'll remain seated as we sing uh, what I think is a beautiful prayer of dedication. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. As the song that we've just sung implies, not all opportunities for Christian service are in the immediate context of the church. But as a church fellowship, we really must show a supportive interest in what every one of our members does and encourage them in whatever they're doing. Given the social dimension of Christian commitment, Perhaps it's not surprising that the church has more than its fair share of teachers, medical workers, social workers, but God shares his skills, of course, more widely than that. Jesus may have been a teacher, but he was also a carpenter. Christians may be plumbers and electricians. They're found serving in Tesco's local here in Milford. Um, I think it's important for us to recognize that if some of our members have the ability to become successful business people then it's because the lord wants him uh, wants them to serve him uh, in that way not just because it means that if they meet material success they have more money to support christian work uh, it's because god wants them to serve in that way think uh, parable of the talents And so we in the church should be giving them our encouragement. Uh, Before I close, I'd like to mention something that's been concerning a lot of us in the church, uh, declining numbers attending our services uh, on Sunday mornings. And in that reading from uh, Acts chapter 2, which Ian elected as the theme for this series of talks, Uh, There are the words, the Lord added to the church's numbers, the Lord added to their numbers, those who were being saved. It is important that we should not misunderstand or exaggerate the part, whatever service we offer, that we play in building the church here in Milford. However much we try, we ourselves are never going to save a single soul. That is something that only God and the Holy Spirit can do. The important thing that we need to do is similar to what happens when perhaps a surfer catches a wave. Uh, It's an image used by an American pastor, Rick Warren, who wrote a highly influential book called The Purpose Driven Church. The surfer doesn't create the wave, but with more and more practice, he becomes better at catching the wave and making the most of it. And in building up Milford Baptist Church, that's what we need to do, by making sure we get to know the community we live in really well and become familiar with the interests, challenges of the, uh, and the needs of the people who... Uh, live here and the people that we meet day to day and in serving those needs. Next week we come to the final talk in this series when uh, Richard Rowe will be talking about evangelism and the part that it should play in the life of our church. Um, If you feel the Lord has been saying something to you this morning and you'd like to pray about it and you'd like someone to pray with you about it then please come to the front at the end of our service when uh, Liz Pollard and uh, Carola Herring will be here and happy to talk and pray with you. But let's close our time together uh, with our hope and prayer for the future. We'll stand to sing our final song. go this morning, let's say the words of the grace together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and for. Amen. Thank you.